Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. So recently, EDHREC added a new feature wherein you can look at the most popular combos played across Commander based on color identity. You can also search up cards and see what combos they're listed in. So it's a really great um, resource for people who are interested in combos and want to know how to best incorporate them into their decks. Uh, but one thing I noticed while going through these lists is that there's a lot of redundancy among the pieces in these certain like clusters of combos. For example, they'll have one combo listed that's like Conjurer's Closet, Archaeomancer, Time Warp. And then they'll have another combo listed that's the same thing, except Archaeomancer is instead Salvager of Secrets. Or Time Warp is instead Temporal Manipulation. Or Conjurer's Closet is instead Thassa Deep Dwelling. So uh, I wanted to spend this episode focusing on those combos that have a lot of redundancy. So that if you're in a color identity that doesn't have a lot of tutors, you can have enough copies of each given effect that you can reliably assemble these things, even without the the benefit of tutors to decrease your virtual deck size. Yeah, and I, I want to say too that we have in the past shorthanded uh, some of this. Uh, me and Nick have been playing long enough and seen so many combos and engines and uh, different pieces come together that uh, when a certain condition is met, like let's say you can sacrifice a creature infinite times uh, or you have a reward for sacrificing a creature infinite times, we kind of have shorthanded on the show, like so you can just use a piece that you like that fits into this type of combo. And this episode is going to make it really explicit what those pieces are in case uh, maybe that has confused you in the past when we've talked about it. Um, because there are, you'll see there's a lot of moving pieces for these modular combos and they all work. They all do good work and you can pretty much uh, sub any of these pieces for any of them in these categories we're going to get to. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and access sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right, with that, let's jump into the, the combo cluster that has the most redundancy, pretty much of any of them. Yeah. And that is the persist sack outlet type of combo. So it's incredible to me just how easily you can make this work, how many colors you can make it work in. Um, there's enough redundancy that you can kind of do this anywhere, which yeah. is fantastic. So there's three pieces to this combo. You need some sort of unrestricted sacrifice outlet. That means a card that will allow you to sacrifice creatures as many times as you want uh, without having an additional like mana input or any other requirements. It's just sac creature get effect. You'll also need a creature with persist which means when it dies, it returns to the battlefield as long as it didn't have a minus one, minus one counter on it, and then you put a minus one, minus one counter on it. So it's basically a second use of these different types of creatures. And then finally, you'll need some sort of effect that will either negate the minus one, minus one counter, such as by adding a plus one, plus one counter, or um, providing an alternate method of reanimation, or by preventing minus one, minus one counters from being added to things. So there's a couple different effects that'll that'll work with it, and uh, I think we can jump right in. Let's let's list out some of these common sack outlets. So we'll we'll start with some of our favorites. Um, I really like Ashnod's Altar, which is three cost artifact, sacrifice creature, add CC to your mana pool. Similarly, there's Phyrexian Altar, three cost artifact, sacrifice a creature, add one mana of any color. Uh, blasting station three cost artifact tap sacrifice a creature deals one damage to any target and then whenever a creature enters the battlefield such as from that persist trigger returning uh, untap blasting station uh, what, what are some of your favorites yeah so i use uh, in particular i use altar of dementia a lot because it is a kill condition but it also helps you along the way a lot of the time uh, you can get these combos going through like milling your own library as well. So Alter Dementia kind of helps you get to the point where you can kill everyone else. So it is a two mana artifact. Uh, it has sacrifice a creature, mill target player equal to that creature's power. 
uh, super versatile. Um, was reprinted not too long ago in uh, Modern Horizons. Uh, just does a ton of work. Um, gonna move through these next ones pretty quick. B- Goblin bombardment, sacrifice a creature, deal one damage to target to any target, and it costs one and a red. Sadistic hypnotist is a two-two human minion for three and two black. It has sacrifice a creature, target a player, mill uh, discards two cards from their hand. Uh, if you have just a creature that keeps coming back, you can keep doing that. Viscera Seer, one mana, one one vampire, uh, sacrifice a creature, scry one, greater good, uh, two and two green enchantment, sacrifice a creature, draw cards equal to its power, then discard three cards. Uh, Yogmoth Thran Physician is a uh, four mana, it's two and two black for a two four with protection from humans. Uh, and it has some other stuff, but the important part here is sacrifice a creature and pay a life. Uh, to draw a card and put up to one minus one minus one counter on a creature um that it's it's very good he's very good um and then there's a few other ones honestly there's so many the whole point is that you can substitute any of these cards in for any of the other ones and that will help you along in your um your combo in your combo pursuits yes in your comboing pursuits uh we're not going to list the persist creatures yeah, it's any creature with persist. Those yes. are pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that there's so many colorless sack outlets. So pretty much regardless of what color identity you're in, you can find. Uh, you, you have a really good start on that critical mass. Yeah. Um, you're. I mean, you're in a slightly better position if you happen to be in black, but it's still. Uh, it's not that hard to get to. You know, if you do your hypergeometric calculation, a, a position where you can count on drawing a sack outlet every yeah. game. Yeah, especially if you're in colors that maybe you can't tutor super well, but like uh, you're in a blue or blue-green list, like you're probably going to be drawing enough cards to see one of these kind of multitude of sack outlets in a game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any persist creature, and honestly with some of these negators, like uh, undying creatures work too sometimes. There's the basically creatures that come back, uh, th- that's what like specifically persist creatures work the best but you will find researching looking up into your own decks other creatures that fit into this slot um and then do you want to just mention some of the negators real quick sure so i guess we'll start with the um the things that either prevent minus one minus one counters from being added or add plus one plus one counters so malira silvok outcast is one in a green for a two two players can't get poison counters uh creatures can't get minus one minus one counters vizier of remedies is a 2-1 for one and a white. And if a minus one, minus one counter would be placed on a creature you control, instead, that many minus one are placed on that creature instead. So Solemnity is two and a white for an enchantment. It says that counters can't be placed on artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands. So that'll prevent your minus one, minus one counters from being added to things. Uh, And then there's Cathar's Crusade, that whenever a creature enters the battlefield, put a plus a plus one counter on each creature you control. Good Fortune Unicorn, creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus a plus one counter. Same with uh, Renata Called to Hunt. Mm-hmm. Juniper Order Ranger is similar. Mm-hmm. The Great Henge, Grumgully the Generous, Rhythm of the Wild. Uh, there's many, many cards that do that similar thing. Um, and then what are some of the, the alternate reanimation cards that also work well? Yeah, so uh, I I would say really recently we got Luminous Brood Moth. It's a four mana three four flyer, and whenever a creature you control dies, if it didn't have flying, you may return it to the battlefield uh, with a flying counter on it. So you can kind of chain these persist creatures uh, alternating between it died with the flying counter and it died with the minus one minus one counter, um, and kind of. Each one of these is going to check for something different as it keeps going. Um, another one, uh, did you say Micaeus? I did not say Micaeus. All right. So Micaeus the Unhallowed, classic. People have heard of Mike and Trike. Like that's a, a classic combo, the Triskelion and Micaeus. Um, basically what Micaeus does, the important part of him is that your non-humans have undying. So when they die, they come back with a plus one, plus one counter on them. And uh, if you have a persist creature that is not a human... It dies. It comes back maybe with a plus one plus one counter on it this time because it wasn't a human. And then you can sack it and Micaeus goes, oh, it died with a plus one plus one counter. I'm not going to get it. But the persist trigger goes, oh, but you didn't have a minus one minus one counter. So it comes back with that. 
and uh, again you can kind of like alternate between these uh two triggers checking and one of them is always kind of going to catch the the space that the other one is leaving behind um am i forgetting one is there another one no i i think that's all so okay just looking at these um these types of effects i mean there's so so many we're le actually leaving some off here because of how many different ways there are to negate minus one minus one counters but it seems like there's a bit of a concentration in green and white because they're those are really the plus one plus one counter colors um but you can make it work in multiple color identities there's a yeah. lot of different ways to to get this going mm -hmm. yeah uh, and and there's even like really specific ones too like you might find yourself in a tribal deck and which case metallic mimic is all of a sudden an incredible way it puts a plus one plus one counter on creatures of a certain type entering the battlefield like stuff like that so there, there's so many of these effects and you'll find them in every color for the most part it seems like which i think kind of gets us to the next one which is kind of concentrated within a color for the yeah. most part yeah um so this is extra turn combos um, and I think this is the most classic, like extra turn combo of extra turn, uh, recursion creature way to reuse recursion creature, I, I guess is like the, the flow chart, yeah. the thought process there. Those are the, the components, the, the ingredients for this recipe. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, um, oh God, it is incredibly consistent most of the pieces don't take up any space in your deck. You'd want to run most of these pieces, period, like anyway. And um, when they come together, you just win. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that sounds sounds like a great, great place to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm just going to briefly run through these. The, unfortunately, these days, we're not seeing a lot of new extra turn effects. I think that Wizards going forward plans to either make it so that extra turn effects exile themselves or they have a built-in recursion mechanism like with uh like with nexus of fate yeah I, um a little confusing but you know what that's fine question mark yeah <laughs> okay uh so the ones that we have access to currently are temporal manipulation capture of Jingzhou, and time warp are the three that are all almost functionally the same yeah uh time warp can actually target other players but Pretty Which much, is hilarious. Yeah. But they're all basically three blue-blue sorcery. Take an extra turn after this one. Uh, Walk the Eons is similar, It's except it's four blue-blue, and it has buyback, sacrifice three islands. Time Stretch is eight blue-blue. Target player takes two extra turns after this one. And then there's a little asterisk one. If you can consistently hit your opponents with a rogue, for example, if you have a rogue as your commander, then Notorious Throng has a an extra sort of kicker ability that... If you dealt combat damage with a road this turn and play it for its prowl cost, you'd get to take an extra turn after this one. So yeah, these all are going to get you that extra turn. Some of them come with a little hoop to jump through, maybe a little bit extra. Obviously, time stretch uh, It's going to give you a little bit extra. So these are kind of the key pieces that you're going to be using in this. Um, and then the other piece the next piece we're going to talk about is the recursion uh typically it's a creature but uh i think all of them are creatures actually right for the most part yes that we could honestly have like a sort of uh cut like sister combo set to this which just uses um uh instead of like the recursion creature and these like creature reuse engines we could just focus on Mystic Sanctuary, oh, fetches yeah. to find Mystic Sanctuary, and then engines that'll allow you to re bounce and reuse lands. Yeah, and that'll do basically the same thing. Um, so just a few recursion creatures that get back these spells. Um, you might know them because, I mean, I think every playgroup plays with them. So it's things like Archaeomancer, Mnemonic Wall, Salvager Secret, Scholar of the Ages, Shipwreck Dowser. Um, all of these creatures, uh, oh, is it Cronarch? They return an instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand, period. Like, they, they get you that value, and they're good in general. Uh, most of the time when you cast an instant or sorcery, it's because it helped you do something, so why not do it again? Then there's both more broad and less broad versions of these that will get you back things that you need to 
There's Anarchist, which is a red creature that gets back a sorcery. There's Eternal Witness and Skullwinder that get back a card. So just even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even cheaper, even better. Skullwinder gives your opponent something, so just pick wisely. Um, Green Warden and Marasa is just expensive Eternal Witness. Uh, there's Possessed Scab, uh, Vampire Charm Seeker. Warden of the Eye gets back a non-creature spell. Non-creature, or non-land. Yeah, um, and is a Jeskai creature. Um, not really going to mention CMC. They're all between three and five for the most part. I think mm. Green Warden is five and... Green Warden is six and uh, Vampire Charm Seeker... Is also six? <laughs> it's like eight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe <laughs> okay, don't yeah. rely on that one too much. Yeah, that's true. Um, and Scholar of the Ages is seven, but it gets you two spells, so mm-hmm. a little more bang for your buck. But all of these basically will return that extra turn effect that you cast back to your hand so you can cast it again. So how are you getting your uh, your little friend here back? Uh, well, with one of these engines. Uh, do you want to get into the engines? Sure. Uh, so there's several blink engines. Uh, there's Thassa Deep Dwelling. There's Conjurer's Closet. Um, there's Deadeye Navigator, Soul Herder, Brago King Eternal. Those are the main blink engines. There's also some bounce engines, such as Crystal Shard, Portal of Sanctuary, Erratic Portal, Riptide Laboratory, uh, Steamer Sabertooth, Roaring Primadox, and then finally there's some things that'll copy a creature on each turn, and those that'd be like Followed Footsteps or Progenitor Mimic. So uh, all of these things are useful for recurring your ETB creature, which will then recur your extra turn spell, which you can cast again and uh, prevent your opponents from playing magic. Yep, yeah. (laughs) So I do want to say we're giving you the tools to assemble these combos, but only you can uh, be the judge of if it is appropriate for your playgroup or not. Because one thing about this extra turn combo, especially especially the extra turn combo, is with some of the other ones um, that we're going to talk about, there's interaction and stuff. There's almost no interaction with... uh, with this guy right here you basically once you're once you're casting your time warp and then you cast your second time warp and you cast your third time warp like you're you're playing magic and no one else is and you're probably gonna win i mean i i would assume you're gonna win and that's great and then you can all shuffle up but uh if you play in a play group perhaps with people who are a little bit stubborn and they're like no i want to see it <laughs> um you uh might want to do a different uh deterministic combo something that you can kind of shorthand a little bit more Mm -hmm. um just to make sure that the when you get a chance to play with people that it it runs a little bit more smoothly um but all of these things i don't know they're just really hard to interrupt especially if like someone tapped out and then you pull this off because then they they're never untapping so they're it's very strong very good um turns out blue is a great color um And I think we can move on to uh, the next set of combos. Sure. Uh, So this next set of combos is not quite as neat as the first two. There is a little bit of um, uh, like variance in what exactly each piece does, which means there's differences in like what they interact with, what they need to use to combo. So step or part A is going to be a sack outlet. You all are familiar with those by now. Uh, and then next, it's going to be some sort of reanimator creature and some sort of other reanimation permanent. And yes. So it's it's going to be a little twisty here. Yeah. So I think the best way, we already went over sack outlets in the first combo. So I think if we talk about the reanimator creatures, do you want to go that way? Sure. Um, so I guess for each of these creatures, we'll talk about the things that they interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be just the most best way to do it so for sun titan uh it's four white white for a six six giant it has vigilance and when it enters the battlefield or attacks you can return a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield so that works really well with permanents that uh can reanimate the sun titan so there are things like kaya's ghost form uh which when it's an aura, whenever enchanted creatures dies or is put into exile, return it to the battlefield under your control. So what you can do is cast Sun Titan, put a Kai's ghost form on it, sacrifice the Sun Titan to a sacrifice outlet, 
Kaya's Ghost Form will return the Sun Titan, and then Sun Titan's ETB trigger will return the Kaya's Ghost Form. So you're back where you started, except you've generated whatever your sack outlet produces. Uh, you can four Kaya's Ghost Form. There are a lot of cards you can swap in there. Oh yes. Oh uh, man, yes. Uh, so Unhallowed Pact, Shades Form, Minions Return, Unholy Indenture, uh, Gift of Immortality, and Angelic Renewal. All well. At, at the very least, through those through Gift of Immortality, essentially do the same thing. Angelic Renewal is a little bit different in that it's not an aura. It will It's just an enchantment that sits on the battlefield, and whenever one of your creatures dies, you can sacrifice it to return that creature to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a goofy old card. Yep. Um, there's also Animate Dead, Dance of the Dead, and Necromancy. Another card that can slot in for for Sun Titan and also has this like similar type of interaction is Karmic Guide. That is three white white for a 2-2 angel spirit with Echo. And it has, when it enters the battlefield, return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. It also has flying and protection from black. So with Karmic Guide, if you have another creature that can enter the battlefield and blink Karmic Guide or enter the battlefield and uh, or can re- potentially return Karmic Guide to the battlefield if you then sacrifice it. Those will work well to um, keep the loop going. So some of the cards that work well with Karmic Guide are Revelark, which is four and a white for a four three flyer. When it leaves the battlefield, return up to two target creature cards with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So the way that works is, let's say you have Revelark on the battlefield and Karmic Guide on the battlefield. You sacrifice Karmic Guide, then you sacrifice Revelark to return Karmic Guide to the battlefield. And then Karmic Guide's ETB trigger will return Revelark back to the battlefield. So you've sacrificed your creatures, generated whatever your sack outlips produces, and you're back where you started. Uh, another card that works well would be Felidar Guardian, which is three and a white for a 1-4. When it enters the battlefield, exile target creature, then return it to the battlefield under your control. Or rather, exile target permanent. Uh, so... Felidar Guardian can target the Karmic Guide with its blink ability. Then you sacrifice the Felidar Guardian, it goes to the graveyard, then Karmic Guide blinks, and you return the Felidar Guardian, you're back where you started. Mm-hmm. And and that works with any creature that has a fast blink as well. So Felidar Guardian is one. There aren't actually that many that do that, I'm pretty sure, but um, Felidar Guardian works that way. And then uh, I think the... You can also kind of make it work with Fiend Hunter. Yeah, so I was going to say Fiend Hunter um, has the old O-ring wording on it where um, it has two triggers. It has an ETB trigger and an ex- uh, leaves the battlefield trigger. Uh, so Fiend Hunter is a 1-3 for one in white-white. Uh, so three mana, it exiles target creature um, when it enters the battlefield, and when it leaves the battlefield, it returns that creature. So you can... Play Karmic Guide, get back your Fiend Hunter, exile Karmic Guide, sack your Fiend Hunter, get back the Karmic Guide to get back the Fiend Hunter, kind of recur this loop over and over again. Um, and there's another creature that kind of does the same thing in white green. This is Safi Eric's daughter. Um, a 2 2 for white green. Uh, you can sacrifice Safi Eric's daughter to uh, make it so that target creature, like when it dies, returns to the battlefield after that. So um, you can sack Safi Eric's daughter to karmic like protect karmic guide um sacrifice karmic guide which then comes back because of Safi's trigger and then get back Safi to do that and um these pieces work with sun titan as well and also work with uh i'm trying not to make this too messy but uh also work with the card angel of glory's rise um so angel of glory's rise kind of fits into the sun titan karmic guide slot here where it's a 5-7 flyer for 5 and 2 white. And it has, when it enters the battlefield, uh, return all humans from uh, your graveyard to the battlefield and then exile all zombies. Um, so it was kind of like a flavorful card from Avacyn Restored and fits right into this combo. Safi is a human, Fiend Hunter is a human. Um, you can do the same thing you did with Karmic Guide or Sun Titan with Angel of Glory's Rise with these cards. So um, a little bit messy, but works just the same. And then uh, 
I guess there's one more guy that kind of fits into this spot too. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so Renegade Rallier is one green white for a three two human warrior, and it has revolt. When it enters the battlefield, if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn, return target permanent card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So some of the things he can return include Safi Eric's daughter, Angelic Renewal. Um, those will bo- uh, Kaya's ghost form. So those will all allow him to uh, die again, bring it back, uh, and just like can basically go through the Sun Titan loop, but with a slightly restricted, slightly more restricted uh, yeah. subset of of permanence. Yeah, and uh, there's one more creature you want to mention that fits into the Sun Titan slot, the Reanimator slot, and that is Boon Weaver Giant. Yes, so Boon Weaver Giant is seven mana, so a little bit pricey. But when it enters the battlefield, you can search your graveyard, hand, and or library for an aura card and put it onto the battlefield attached to Boon Weaver Giant. If you search this library, if you search your library this way, shuffle it. So if Boon Weaver Giant is uh, when you cast it, you can sacrifice it in response to the ETB trigger and then search your library for say a uh, animate dead or dance of the dead or necromancy that will enter the battlefield and target boon weaver giant and return it to the battlefield and then you will get another etb trigger on the stack and with that etb trigger on the stack you'll sacrifice the boon weaver with the animate dead on it and you'll be able to get that animate dead back from your graveyard and go through the loop again so you'll generate whatever infinite of whatever your sack outlet produces Mm mm-hmm so another combo piece that works with some of these but not others is Kikijiki Mirror Breaker. So this works um, basically just with Karmic Guide, but Kikijiki is two red, red, red for a two-two Goblin Shaman with haste. He has tap, make a copy of target or create a token copy of target non-legendary permanent. It has haste at the end of turn. Sacrifice it. So with Karmic Guide. You can use Karmic Guide to get back Kikijiki. You can tap him targeting the Karmic Guide. You sacrifice Kikijiki in response to that activation. Uh, Then the activation resolves, creating a copy of Karmic Guide, which will then bring back the Kikijiki, and then you can continue from there. So you'll end up with infinite hasty Karmic Guides that can attack and kill your opponents. But unfortunately, Kikijiki doesn't slot very well into these other slots because it's not a human to be brought back by angel of glory's rise it's not small enough to be brought back by renegade rally or sun titan um so it's a little bit more narrow yeah and i do um want to say we're not going to talk about it here but kiki jiki is its own combo in general basically any creature that enters and untaps you can just win with kiki jiki this is the famous one is pester because it flies it's a three mana two one flyer when it enters the battlefield is it tap or untap target creature or is it just tap target creature? Tap or untap. It's tap or untap target creature. Uh, so you can play Pestermite, uh, tap Kiki-Jiki to make a copy of Pestermite, which untaps Kiki-Jiki, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You keep going. Uh, this works with Deceiver Exarch, which basically has the same trigger as Pestermite. Um, Bounding Crisis, which is a three mana, three, three with flash that does that. Um, breaching hippocamp it's a three two for four with flash that does the same thing so th- that's its own combo engine too We're, the the thing is like there's really only um kiki jiki and splinter twin yeah so we're not we weren't gonna focus on it too much but uh if you f- were listening to this episode that was probably one of the combos that came to your mind as we're going through all of these yeah but the the great thing about this whole reanimator thing is that even though there's a little bit of differences in what terms of what things can get back and what what reanimation engines you're using, there's just so much overlap. Yes. Like Fiend Hunter is going to work with most of these. It's going to work with Sun Titan. It's going to work with Karmic Guide. It's going to work with Angel of Glory's Rise. Um, Gift of Immortality is going to work with Sun Titan. It's going to work with Boon Weaver Giant. Um, there's uh, Safi Eric's Daughter works with pretty much everything yeah so there's a lot of overlap and even if you're in a deck without a lot of tutors just some sort of uh like mono white deck you can make yeah. these combos work just by filling out your deck and, and building on that redundancy yeah and, and that's actually i think is pretty powerful uh thing about these reanimator combos is 
like probably the best color to be in just to get the most of them naturally is like abzan like white green black but you could be mono white combo just as easily and with any of these cards you could be mono black and combo with some of these cards um well i guess actually not with the reanimator creatures sorry i will edit that out but um it it's yeah just the redundancy is insane and uh the fact that like if someone exiles one piece of this you're not just out of the game entirely is crazy and and then again um much like the extra turn combo sun titan is just a good card to have in your list like uh having a, a gift of immortality is just a good card to have in your list like karmic guide is just a good card to have in your list so it's not even like you're like bogging down your game plan by like playing these subpar combo pieces so dramatic scepter is really popular um people talk about it all the time it's you put a dramatic reversal it's a one in a blue instant that untaps all your non-land permanents on an isochron scepter which has two tap copy the imprinted spell on isochron scepter but like sometimes those cards are bad mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes you draw those cards and you don't have the instant to put on isochron scepter and sometimes you draw dramatic reversal and you're like well this does absolutely nothing for me until i get my other combo pieces uh so these combos are entirely not like that at all like if i drew a renegade rallier i'm super happy at bare minimum i'm gonna get my fetch land back and Mm -hmm. do it again like none of these cards are dead in my hand so i i've been really into these combos throughout the years all right i think we can move on to the next category of combos and these this is just like a a two card combo essentially it's uh pretty lean and that is a mana generator and an untapper So these mana generators are all cards that can potentially produce a lot of mana. And these untappers are all engines that allow you to pay mana to untap a creature. So the mana generators are things like Priest of Titania, which is one in a green for a 1-1 that taps to add G for each elf you control. Elvish Archdruid, which a little bit more expensive but does the same thing. Bloom Tender and Faberow Elder, which if you're in a more expansive color identity, Tap for one mana of each color among permanents you control. Uh, Silvala Explorer Returned can add mana equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. Karametra's Acolyte adds mana equal to your devotion to green. Wirewood Channeler adds mana equal to your uh, of any color equal to the number of elves you control. There's uh, just a whole lot of cards like this yes. that can add a whole bunch of mana if you are focused on one thing if you're concentrated on a specific thing and then the the untappers are things like umbral mantle which is three cost artifact equipment equips for zero and you can pay three and untap equipped creature to give it plus two plus two until end of turn so as long as your mana generator is tapping for four or more mana you are getting infinite mana and an infinitely large creature and even if it only taps for three you're still getting an infinitely large attacker mm-hmm and th- this is kind of true sort of the parents which has a tap untap clause on this piece of equipment you don't get an infinitely large creature but as long as you're making uh i think it's the same four right four or more mana. as long as you're making four or more mana you have infinite mana um same with staff of domination basically anytime i see a creature that makes mana i just think of staff of domination God, it does so many things. It's basically a whole win con in and of itself. If you have the creature that makes a ton of mana, you can pay three and tap it to untap target creature. Um, but you can also pay one to untap Staff of Domination, pay two and tap it to gain a life, pay four and tap it to tap target creature, and pay five and tap it to draw a card. So let's say you have infinite mana, you're making infinite mana with your Staff of Domination and your Priest of Titania. All of a sudden, you also can draw every card in your deck, tap down every creature on the board, gain infinite life, and just win. Mm-hmm. It's everything in, you need in one card. So this this is uh, one of the reasons this card is uh, so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so in a, a slightly more narrow grouping of cards, um, are there's a couple auras that have this effect. So there's Freed from the Real and Pemmin's Aura, both of which are three-cost auras that allow you to pay blue to untap Enchanted Creature. Um, so that sort of requires you to be running a creature that can tap for blue mana, but it also is like a lot more efficient in that you don't need to be producing a lot of mana. If you have a bloom tender and a freed from the real on it, then you have a blue permanent and a green permanent. Boom, you've got infinite green mana. Yeah, that's crazy. There, there's one more um, subset of this that is actually my favorite techiest thing. So um, 
magic is weird and hard. There's a lot of uh, rules you got to learn to get in. And one of them that even like really experienced players don't kind of play around with is like combat. Uh, once a creature is attacking, even at the end of combat, after damage is dealt and stuff, it's still an attacking creature. And that's true in the middle of combat, too. So uh, there are certain creatures that untap lands you control. The best ones untap multiple lands. Like, let's say you have a creature that untaps lands, like an Argothian Elder. It's a 2-2 Elf Druid for 3 and a green. It has tap, untap, two target lands. Um, so what you can do is you can enter combat attack with your Argothian Elder, and then let's say one of your lands is a Maze of Ith. Maze of Ith, it untaps an attacking creature, prevent all damage that would be dealt to it. So what you can do is, even though Argothian Elder is not tapped anymore, it's like you didn't, he's been untapped, he doesn't look like he's attacking anymore, he still is designated as an attacking creature. So you can tap him to untap maybe a land that makes multiple mana and a Maze of Ith, um, tap the maze of it to untap him, et cetera, et cetera. Keep going. This works with like lay weaver. This works with crows and restorer. All these creatures just have a tap, untap multiple lands text box. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's pretty great. So the only downside to this, uh, type of tech is that it requires you to have an outlet that can be used mid combat. Yes. But otherwise it's uh, really pretty easy to assemble. There is some redundancy in the type of creature that can do it, and it's really easy to search out lands in a green color identity. Yeah, and um, I think you, you'll be able to find things. I've seen people use uh, combos like this in red-green lists because uh, Comet Storm exists. That's yeah. the one that I've seen happen the most where like they attack with their Argothian Elder. You have infinite mana in the middle of combat, and then you just kill everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really, really funny. Um, and of course, like even if you don't have Maze of Ith, these things that untap multiple lands, if you have lands that tap for multiple mana, can potentially work just fine with like the Umbral Mantles and the Sword of the Parons, the Freed from the Real, the Pemanzoras. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it kind of all fits into uh, it, the same box. Yeah, there, there's. A, even across these kind of uh, individual little microcosms of combos, like things can find places for each other too. So it's it's a it, kind of why we're going over it. I, and I'm really hoping that everyone is following along and that we're not making this too complicated. Um, combos are complicated. I think we're good. I, I hope you're still here with us. We have a few more combos we want to go through. And I think hopefully the... Uh, categorizing all of these things is helping process them because you really only need to remember like the the category of yeah. card rather than what each individual card does exactly so that's why we're not lingering on like individual cards it doesn't really matter that argothian Elder and lay weaver have different mana costs like it just matters that they untap lands. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like I, I don't want you to focus on that part. I want you to abstract the card a little bit more than you might be used to for a lot of these combo pieces. Yeah, I think it's definitely useful to like have the mental structure of these buckets because yeah. that's really what triggers me every time we do a set review. Yes. Like I always see, oh, this is another self-recurring creature that fills into this bucket or this is another untapper that goes into this bucket that strengthens this category of combo this like mm -hmm. uh this modular combo engine yeah and this is true even uh i think we have these buckets even outside of combo like if we see like something that triggers when you discard we automatically will put that in a place or like oh this makes mana like we can put that in a place like it will only help your deck building to kind of uh put your cards in more abstract boxes as opposed to uh really focusing on like the what the specifics of the card Mm -hmm. kind of are um and that's kind of a weird thing to say because one of the things about commander is that like there are so many cards and there's so many cards you play with but um especially when it comes to deck building like kind of knowing the category knowing what you want your deck to do and knowing the category of cards that do that is kind of more important than uh knowing literally the name of every individual card that does that because then you can just search on scryfall find the pieces go in your collection, look up what's going on. Um, yeah, I think there is a lot of focus among commander players of like individual combos, yeah. which isn't always the right way to view things. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, because there's so many combos that are that hinge on like a single piece. And if you don't draw that, then you're really in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for example, like among this new combo feature, just 
because I actually, you know, read every combo that had been added to the database. And uh, there's one card that really stuck out to me as like, good God, this is in so many combos. Uh, and that is Retreat to Coral Helm. Oh, yes. So yeah. there are actually 332 Retreat to Coral Helm combos on EDH Rec, which is, I think, possibly the most of any card. card yeah. Um, it, it's it's definitely near the very top of the list. But the thing is, like, and, and basically they tend to work as, like, this creature taps to uh, let you drop a land from your hand into play, and then you need some sort of bounce land so you can do it repeatedly, and then some sort of landfall trigger. And then all these 332 combos are like different permutations of like, okay, well this time I'm going to use this bounce land, and there's so there's 10 different options for that. Yeah. And there's multiple options for creatures that tap and put a land onto the battlefield. There's um, like Budoka Gardener and Sakura Tribe Scout, and one and Walking one or two out others. List, yeah. yeah. And then there's also, you know, any landfall trigger that can do anything you would ever want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so that 300, but the thing is like all of those combos, all of those 332 combos hinge on this single card. There is no replacement for Retreat to Coral Helm. So you can fill your deck with, you know, a million bounce lands and a million creatures that tap and drop a land and a million landfall triggers. But if you don't draw the Retreat to Coral Helm, it's, it's you're screwed you're screwed yeah whereas these combos we're focusing on today you know there's 10 different persist creatures at least there's yeah. t- more than there's more than a dozen like uh counter negators or sack outlets like you are just mm-hmm. guaranteed to like get your stuff working every game yeah and the recursion creatures too like depending on what color there's like a million archaeomancer variants there's like a ton of things that do what sun titan does like there, there's just a a ton of these different cards that kind of fit into these same slots that all the pieces are interchanging. So it's, it's not only hard to like disrupt because if one piece is gone, you're not completely screwed. Yeah. It's also like hard for your opponents to know which angle you're going to take. Like, Oh, is it Safi Karmic's guide today? Oh no. Is the angel and the, the other guy, the O-ring creature. Like it, it, it's always a little bit different and it makes it hard to kind of play around if you have these pieces that they fit into the same like slots, but all kind of interact with the game just different enough to like get in the way or like make it hard. You can play head games with basically. That that is a really, really good point. It's uh, even it like, I just want to focus on that a little bit more. Like even if you do draw the retreat to Coral Helm, if somebody has the, uh, the disenchant, Oh yeah. Then your deck falls apart. Yeah, it's there's, all over. It's, there's a single point of failure. There is no single point of failure with yeah. all these combos that we're talking about today. There's multiple ways to get it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I do want to say, as someone who's had a Safia Eric's daughter list for probably a long time now, like almost a decade, um, the they just keep giving it cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I remember when Renegade Rallyer came out, I'm like, another one. Like, <laughs> yeah. what this is crazy like th- so it it's insane like how how consistent these decks can be and how f- fun they are because like even if i'm not coming off in safi like just like attacking with a sun titan to get back a permanent is it's fun like it, it's great so highly recommend any of these things that we're talking about especially like the mana generators and stuff um so that all said now that hopefully we've pitched you our why we like this so much, uh, we have just a few more combos to get through. Sure. Uh, so this next one uh, is a little bit wonky because it can require uh, multiple pieces from one of these columns. Yeah. Um, so that is mana generator, self-recurring creature, and wincon although honestly there's so many things that can fill in for wincon yeah that it might not even be useful to yeah bring we'll, them up. we'll give you like an idea of what we're talking about and then you can kind of fill in the blank after that i think yeah uh so let's start with the self-recurring creatures these are things like reassembling skeleton tenacious dead blood-soaked champion oath-sworn vampire grave crawler and nether trader all of them which all of which have some sort of variant on like pay mana return this creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, And then there are the mana generators. And these are things that either like sacrifice a creature for mana or generate mana as a creature dies. And that would be things like, of course, Ashnod's altar, sacrifice a creature, get CC again, Phyrexian altar, 
And then things like uh, Pitiless Plunderer, whenever a creature you control dies, create a treasure. Um, Sifter of Skulls and Pawn of Ulamog, whenever a creature you control dies, create an Eldrazi, either Spawn or Scion, that can sack for C. And Carnival of Souls, which is an enchantment, whenever a creature enters the battlefield, add B and lose one life. So just based on the nature of the creature, like most of these creatures cost one, or rather... Uh, a generic and a black mana to yeah. return to the battlefield. So you may need a combination of things like a Phyrexian altar and a Sifter of Skulls will get you there. An altar and a Plunderer will get you there. A Carnival of Souls and an Ashnod's altar will get you there. There's a couple different ways to make it happen. And for some of these combinations, like for example, if you got a Sifter of Skulls and a Pitiless Plunderer, you'll also need like a sack outlet just to get the creature in the graveyard and, and trigger things. But and then the the final piece, once you have that going, like okay, if I sack this creature, I get the mana to return it, is just something that'll trigger off of there and actually generate your win. Yeah. So this is literally like I I think we're gonna focus on this the least out of any of these categories because like. You all know most of these, like uh, a blood artist, like whenever a creature dies, target player loses life and you gain a life. Um, Zilport Cutthroat, which is basically the same thing. But it hits each opponent. But it hits each opponent and you gain one life. So um, like there's there's so many of these things. You just want to trigger off of the creature dying, typically. Um, and as long as you can find something that just is like something good I like when a creature dies, uh, it could be like Judith, the Scourge Diva, when a non-token creature dies, uh, you can ping something. Um, great. Now you do that infinite times and uh, the board is dead. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, any of these things have uh, a multitude, a plethora of replacements. Uh, pick your favorite, go to town, uh, have a great time. It's a... Uh, it, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. And un, unlike most of the combos, most of the combos we've been talking about have been centered in other colors like, uh, you know, white or blue or green. Um, this one is actually centered in black. So it's even because you have access to a lot of good tutors, it's even easier to assemble this than most of the others. But yeah. But you still have the benefit of that redundancy where you don't get killed by like an extract or a yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah just or, a pa- or even like a swords to plowshares or something like that yeah and then you're just completely blown out um it's great it's wonderful uh and again like i know a lot of black decks that run multiple of these like recurring creatures like they'll run like a grave crawler and a reassembling skeleton and a blood soaked champion because like it's just good to sack your like grave crawler to attrition as many times as you can you know like like you're just getting so much value off of these little donks that come back and Mm -hmm. and don't die too good so um very fun highly recommended uh i think honestly i think that's one of the reasons black is so good in commander too it's because you have so much redundancy like on top of the tutors um definitely and uh that being said we have uh just a few more. Yeah, but this is a very silly category this that we're going to get this into. This is my favorite category. Yeah. <laughs> this is not definitely not something that people think about a lot as yeah. a category. And in part because like this one has some of the fewest members. But you, you when when we read them out, you're going to see like why we can't not lump them together. Yeah. Um, so these are like... Con- I'll call them like converters. Yeah. In that, like, or rec- or maybe even like replacers is better. Yeah. But like, when something happens to a certain type of creature, this other type of creature gets generated essentially. And then the the second half of that combo is the creature type overwriter, which basically like edits the creature type or edits the text of a card. So that uh, instead of saying, like, when creature type A dies, you make creature type B. Now it'll be like, well, when creature type B dies, make creature type B. Yep. Uh, and then finally, you just need any sack outlet to mm-hmm. kick most of these off. Although one notably works without a sack outlet and just goes off yeah. by itself. Yeah, we will we'll get to, to that beautiful boy in a second. Uh, so I guess let's let's start reading off some of these replacers, converters, whatever you want to call them. Uh, one is Zathrid Necromancer. And this is two and a black for a 2-2 human wizard. And whenever a human you control dies, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Uh, The next on the list is going to be Rotlung Reanimator. And that is two and a black for a 2-2 zombie cleric. 
and it has whenever a cleric you control dies, create a 2-2 black zombie. zombie. And, and then the third one I want to talk about briefly is Bishop of Wings. It's white-white for a 1-4 human cleric. Uh, whenever an angel enters the battlefield under your control, you gain four life. And whenever an angel you control dies, create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. So, uh, notably, there are creature type overriders. Uh, there's a few of them now. We keep getting them. There's things like Conspiracy, Artificial Evolution, Xenograft, uh, and Arcane Adaptation, which all make creatures on the battlefield that you control uh, a creature type. So uh, let's take Bishop of Wings, for example. So you have your Bishop of Wings. Uh, when an angel dies, you get a spirit. Uh, well, what if you named Angel with Conspiracy? So now your angel dies, um, you get a spirit, but your spirit's also an angel, so you get an angel. And this can keep going forever with Zathrid ne- Necromancer. You just say human. Uh, you sack your zombie. And you get a you get a human. You get a zombie human. You keep going. You just keep it keep it on rolling. Keep, yeah, keep it going. Uh, artificial evolution is a, is kind of the weirdo out of these overriders. Um, this is an instant for a single blue mana change the text of target spell or permanent by replacing all instances of one creature type with another the new creature type can't be wall this effect lasts indefinitely so that will uh rather than like changing the creature type of the tokens you're making you're going to be like going into that text box and editing it so that it's just when zombie dies get zombie or you could do it the other way. When cleric dies, get cleric. Whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, however you want to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the final creature that sort of falls into this bucket, although it does behave a little bit differently. All right. The last of these like converter type cards that we're going to touch on today is probably the best of them because it doesn't even require a sack outlet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is Turn Timber Ranger. Three green green for a 2-2 two, two elf scout ally. Whenever it or another ally enters the battlefield under your control, you may create a 2-2 green wolf creature token. If you do, put a plus one plus one counter on turn timber ranger. If you use the same tools that we've been talking about, the conspiracies or the artificial evolutions, you can make it so that the wolves are also allies, or you can change it so that the allies, it triggers off of wolves rather than allies. In either case, it's going to make it so that you make one of these tokens, it will trigger the ability again, and you can choose to make another token, which will continue until you have a board full of creatures and an infinitely large turned in ranger god yeah and so many wolves wolf allies yes so many of them so i'm definitely hope this is uh one of the the less meaty yes. groupings of combos um i'm definitely hope that we see a bit more redundancy in these like converters and creature type overriders just so that we can like make it more consistent because like Four converters, four creature type overriders. It is a bit trickier. It's definitely yeah. not as robust as some of these other groupings of combos that we've discussed today. Yeah, these last groups are all kind of in that. Like we felt weird not talking about them because like they uh, are fun and interesting and good, and you do have some redundancy, but nowhere near as much as those first few groups. Uh, which is also one of the reasons like we didn't explicitly write out uh, Kiki Jiki Splinter Twin combos because uh, it's basically there's just not that many pieces that work with that. There's a million untap effects that work with Kiki Jiki, but there's just not that many Kiki Jikis. Yeah. So the one and only. Yep. Um, so this next category is, uh, creatures that copy spells when they enter and, uh, spells that make creatures when you cast them. We have basically one more category. Um, Kiki Jiki, uh, Splinter Twin, two cards and then an untapper and then there's also i oh got i i love both of these cards so much i put both of these cards in oh well, specifically one of them in particular into so many decks these are uh spell copier and mana generator and really the reason i wanted to talk about this one is mana generator that category of card is way more cards than people think about um in general, I think this is the category where uh, there might not be as much redundancy in the copiers, but uh, there's a lot of ways to make mana and magic, and they're not all just tap add a mana. Um, so t- to start the copiers, there's two of them. There is Nivix Guild Mage. Um, Nivix Guild Mage is red-blue for a 2-2 human wizard. 
uh, and he has two activated abilities. One is uh, one red-blue, draw a card, discard a card, so just loot. The other one is two red-blue, copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for that copy. Um, Did they print a creature that uh, gives you a draw outlet and a copy spell outlet all in the same card? Yes. Yes, they did. Once you have infinite mana with Nivix Guild Mage, if you don't have a win condition, you can just draw until you get it and then win. Um, And similarly, a card that I've played with a ton over the years, Reiterate. Reiterate is one red red instant. It has buyback three. And it says uh, copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Uh, That whole uh, reverberate type deal going on. Uh, But it has the buyback three. So uh, for six mana, you can copy a spell and put it back in your hand. So what in particular uh, makes mana? Well, you could use uh, just straight up rituals. You could use mana geyser, which is uh, three red red, add a red for each tapped land your opponents control. Um, In multiplayer, that's a lot of red a lot of the time. It could be anywhere from like six to 20 or more red mana. If you have 20 or more red mana with a reiterate that you have infinite mana and can do whatever you want with that. Um, There's also cards like reset. Um, If it's an opponent's turn, you can pay blue, blue and untap all permanents you control, right? Is that what it Uh, is? Lands. All lands. So uh, you can pay blue, blue, blue on someone else's turn to untap all lands you control. And if you're untapping all the lands you control, well, reiterate is an instant as well. Uh, Nivix, it's an activated ability. You can just copy it there too. Uh, make infinite mana, make infinite resets, uh, whatever you want there. Um, I think one of the funniest ones that people don't think about, but actually has been incredibly good in when I've played with it and friends have played with it, is Reality Spasm. Reality Spasm is x blue instant um tap or untap x target permanence so it's like bulleted it's like tap x permanence or untap x permanence if your reality spasm is for like seven and you're reiterating you're generating infinite mana you can do that whenever you want because reality spasm is a thing and then worst case scenario you can like tap a board so you don't die (laughs) like it's pretty funny um just the the weird amount of versatility it's given me over the years and this is also just a few of them like any card that makes mana might be enough with like a nivix guild mage um brass's bounty is this huge it's six and a red sorcery uh create a treasure for each land you control so it's expensive but basically fixes your mana perfectly gets you a ton of mana uh if you're copying it you're just getting a ton of mana out of it um and this uh kind of leads into the there's another like subset of uh spell copiers that need a little extra oomph but also can get there for you Mm -hmm. um do you want to mention those guys sure uh they are creatures that tap to copy spells um so for example i'll just read these off briefly um for example there's echo mage which is one blue blue for two three it has level up for one and a blue and at level two to three, it has blue, blue, tap, copy target, instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. And at level four plus, it has blue, blue, tap, copy target, instant or sorcery spell twice. You may choose new targets for the copies. Uh, similarly, there is League Guild Mage, uh, blue, red for a 2-2 human wizard, three, blue, tap, draw a card, X, red, tap, copy target, instant or sorcery spell you control with convert mana cost X. You may choose new targets for the copy. And then finally, Miletus Charlatan, two and a blue for a two, three human wizard, two and a blue tap. The controller of target instant or sorcery spell copies it. That player may choose new targets for the copy. Um, So all of these work with, uh, they don't work with reset or mana geyser or brass's bounty, but they do work with turnabout and reality spasm because turnabout, you can choose one copy being like creatures untapping and lands the other copper copy being lands untapped and then reality spasm you can of course just choose your copy or creature as one of your x permanents yeah it's really funny it's kind of another way to do that i've been really into these uh spell copying guys more so than when they were printed lately i've just kind of realized uh i think it was the play group that i was in a long time like was very creature heavy and not very spell heavy 
And nowadays, uh, the playgroup that me and Nick find ourselves in, there's a lot more counter spells. There's a lot more kill spells. And so you can actually get a lot more value out of like a reverberate or a fork uh, than it used to be. So I've been playing a lot more with, uh, let's say, like uh, Reiterate or like a Melitus Charlatan, uh, like copying spells that way. Uh, has been interesting and there have been people playing with these cards for a lot longer than I have. So if you have any good experiences too, like please let us know if there's other things that we forgot to mention here. Um, but I think for the most part, that's it. Um, this is a, uh, honestly, I think talking about the combos in historic brawl uh, is also something interesting here because as they introduce cards to historic, uh, they're going to be in a lot of these categories. So I think this will help you here. Um, or this will help you in historic brawl as well as when you're brewing for your commander decks too. Absolutely. Um, like once they, uh, put in some good sack outlets in historic brawl, it's going to crack things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be crazy. And similarly, like I just really hope that if you're listening to this, uh, maybe you've been afraid of combos or maybe you just like, don't get them or uh, maybe you play against them all the time but you're not quite sure like what to look out for um hopefully this episode kind of helps you see um the possibilities there are uh, it helps you kind of understand that like the really good combos uh, which are i would say most of the ones we mentioned are all like really good combos mm-hmm. um don't just rely on like these single variables uh, they give you a lot more control. They give you a lot more value throughout the game as opposed to just like, I play this the turn I win. And they're really resilient. And they're really resilient. Yeah, like I, I very often play an Altar of Dementia on turn two because it's going to help me before I combo. Um, I know I've seen most of my friends play a Great Henge. Just yeah, to just make, for the value. Just for the value, just for the and card then, draw like, and mana. whoops, I get to combo with this. You didn't see this coming. Yeah, like there, there's a ton of them. Or or honestly, Rhythm of the Wild, I've been seeing a ton more, not just in our playgroup, but just like online in general, because uh, historic brawl and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that card does the same thing. You play it, your spells can't be countered, or your creatures can't be countered, and then out of nowhere, you, you're, you win. It's it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like if I were to see somebody play a mind over matter that like triggers alarm bells, it's like yes. that will kill me at some point. If I see somebody play a rhythm of the wild, I'll be like, okay. And yeah. it's not gonna. And then like it's only later they drop like their altar of dementia and their persist creature in the same turn. It's like, oh, that's what was going yeah. on this whole time. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty remarkable. Like. Um, what some of these pieces can do and uh it's funny seeing our playgroups over the years react to them now i feel like most people um when they see uh really any of these pieces especially the mana generators on me or nick's board they get a little bit scared Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's something that i've noticed like i could just play uh sifter of skulls and uh all of a sudden a few people on the table are like hey hey are you what are you what are you doing over there (laughs) where sifter of skulls used to just be like extra value, value yeah. yeah and now they're looking at me like that, what what's sack doing over there oh yeah they i cannot play a sack outlet they they know something's <laughs> up the moment yeah. every time i play a sack outlet they're like we have to kill nick right now yeah. he's he's got it in his hand i'm certain it's so funny but it's it's fun and it, it gives give and take and like we said uh it's impossible for your your friends to know if you do have the combo pieces because you do get so much value out of pretty much everything we've said um, so I guess that kind of, that's all I want to say about it. Like, let us know combos you like, if you found things that are really resilient. Um, I would, I would love to hear about them. That'd be great. Oh yeah. Definitely. Let us know if there's any like categories of combos with a lot of redundancy that we didn't cover today. Cause you know, I, I, I love hearing about that stuff. One final note I want to make is just that this is really useful these types of arrangements, these these groupings of card are really useful if you're in a color identity without a lot of card draw, without a lot of um, of tutoring capability. Um, but there, there is a cost to running these types of things, which is that you are spending deck slots. And even though most of the cards we mentioned like do have their own value, if for some of them there is you're you're running it over maybe like a slightly more efficient card that doesn't have that combo potential. So there is a little bit of trade off going on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I really, I think this comes down to something that I'm going to just repeat forever on this show. Just like 
make sure you have a plan. Uh, and when you're picking cards for, especially your combo list, uh, you're thinking about that plan. You're thinking about like, well, what, what do the boards look like when I win? Like, how am I going to get there? And uh, that's going to serve your deck building just so much over the years. All right. With that, I think we can uh, go ahead and end it. Um, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, The White Case, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jason, Kyle, Jerry, Brandon, Amon, Kevin, Kydell, and Jeremy. Thank you all for supporting the show. We really appreciate your support. If you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.